0: Today on City Cash Chicago, like so many others, Stephen Colbert got his start at the second city. And also like so many others, his career eventually took him to New York. Oh, but it was bittersweet leaving Chicago. I had a
1: nice apartment overlooking the lake, and I had a wife. When I told her we were walking in Lincoln Park, she goes, how can I leave Chicago? How can I possibly leave this beautiful city that has everything you could possibly want and is clean? She marveled. She was like, where's the garbage? I'm like, it's in the alley.
0: We talked to Stephen Colbert about how this city shaped him and his career and how he wants to give back to the next generation at Second City. It's Wednesday, June 30th. I'm Jacoby Cochran and this is City Cash Chicago. On June 14th, after more than 450 days away, Stephen Colbert finally left his solitary pandemic studio to do the late show in front of a packed live audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater. How does it feel? Strangely normal. I
1: was really nervous to go back on stage in front of those people. Some people were saying, oh, I like the show when you're at home. or It's so much more intimate. I'm like, yeah, well, what seems intimate to you is very lonely to me. (laughs) And so I'm glad to be back with my friends.
0: I want you to take me way back for a second. Like, way, way back. I I hate to say it like that, right? Maybe it's not like way, way No, it's way, way back. It's way, way back. I'm 57 years old. It's way, way back. But tell me what brought you to Chicago in the first place?
1: I was a College student, I was uh, at a place called Hampton Sydney College in Virginia, all male, 700 students, super inorganically ultra conservative. There was not a big arts community there and I had it in my mind that I wanted to study theater. And it had come to me while I was at college, I went, God, this is the only thing I work hard at. This is the only thing that I'll do if nobody asks, even if no one asks me to do it. And I was not known to be the best student, but I would work hard on this. And so I figured out where, could, where, where is an undergrad? Is there a good theater program? And I heard about Northwestern University and I applied as a transfer student and I got in and I went there for the first time to go to my junior year. And I remember I, on the flight, I thought, well, I'm going to a city I've never been to, to a school I've never visited, with a whole new group of people to go study acting and I can be anything I want. I got on the plane, Stephen Colbert, and I got off the plane, Stephen Colbert.
0: When you came here, was comedy on your mind or did you think?
1: No, I always, I mean, I always loved comedy and I had a little secret in my head that I wanted to be a comedian. When I was young, I really thought, oh, I want to be a comedian, but I hadn't. What does that mean? I was actually at Northwestern University for about, I guess it was spring of my junior year. So I'd been there for about six or seven months. And a friend of mine said, hey, I'm going to go downtown to check out this Harold Improv. And I go, what's that? He goes, well, it's a fully improvised one-act play. And it's at this club called Cross Currents underneath the Belmont L. Do you want to come down? I go, sure, I'll check it out. So I, and I went and saw the show, and immediately fell in love. There was something about it that spoke to me. I had to do it. And I immediately started taking classes there and formed a, a team at Northwestern that we did. We did a little, we did a, we did a few shows competing. Mm-hmm. Tar- no,
0: no Fun Mud Piranhas. The
1: No Fun mm-hmm. Mud Piranhas, exactly. The woman I worked with, because we worked at the library. That was my student job. I worked at the library. And she and I used to laugh, and we would get shushed all the time. And her son had a dream that he and his mother were walking by mud puddles, and if they laughed, a piranha would jump out of the mud puddle and bite them. I used to call the people who would shush us a bunch of no-fun mud piranhas. And I suggested that for the name of the team when we formed it, and nobody liked it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: but it's a deep story but, it's but a, yes it's and
1: deep. being what it is you know the need to agree during improvisation they all went yes
0: mm. what are some of your early memories of you know exploring chicago for those first times
1: going down and seeing some jazz uh on rush street actually a uh, uh, musician galib galab michigan avenue and walking up to the tribune building and I was missing home a lot. I would never really been out of the South much. And on the face of the Tribune building, for those who don't know, it's got stones from famous buildings all around the world. And one of the bricks of Fort Sumter from Charleston Harbor is up there. And I remember being with some friends, talking like this, and looking up and saying, that's a brick from Fort Sumter. And they go, where did that come from? Who is that? Where's that guy been in class? Are we doing Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? What? What is that voice you just did? Is this To Kill a Mockingbird? And I said, sorry, just, it just busts out sometimes. But that's one of my early memories. I just, lo- I didn't knew nothing about the lake. I didn't expect the damn lake. That's how taken aback, I mean, that's how unprepared I was and how taken aback when I got there. As I looked out and went wait this is this is all this is always here, like this ocean of fresh water that you can't see at the side. you can tell me Michigan's over there. I don't believe you, going down to Grant Park, you know, thinking about oh my god, the sixty eight convention was here, like all these things that I knew about about Chicago but had no um personal connection to and i also I just love how huge the sky is there. Don't they talk about Montana being big sky country?" Chicago's got this enormous sky and I'm not sure why. You just, you almost like you feel the curve of the earth when you're in Chicago. And then in the spring, I just thought of like the Jethro Tull, you know, the flowers bloom like madness in the spring, those crocuses coming up through the snow. But the, seeing those crocuses come up through the snow, I had, a, I had a sense of the, I don't know, the old idea of spring as, as a moment of rebirth.
0: And I think I've taken it for granted my whole life. I don't think I've ever heard someone explain it quite like that uh, because it's so familiar to me. You know, you were recently announced as one of the new board members for the Second City. uh, But you got your start with Second City back in the late 80s with a run through 88 through 94. You know, what were those days like for you?
1: They were hard and great, you know. I, I, I think I made like $8,000 a year or something. I I I don't know how I made rent. I don't know how. I, I was really thin because I couldn't <laughs> afford food. I waited a lot of tables, um, you know, and only lunches. So I'd have my nights free to to either, you know, actually gig at Second City or, or do improv sets around Chicago because there's such a great improv scene there. One of my friends, Ann Libra, we'd been in the theater company together and we'd studied in Northwestern together. She was now the box office manager at Second City. And she said, hey, if you, if you need a job, you can come answer phones here. We're always looking for people to answer phones. So I answered the phones and took reservations at the box office at Second City. And because, because if you're an employee at Second City, classes are free. And then in the summer of 88, they announce auditions. And uh, long story short, I got the gig you know, and it was I was hired the same day as Amy Sedaris, and Paul Danello, Rose Abdu, and a guy named Chris Farley. And we toured around the United States together because we got hired for the National Touring Company. And then I knew that unless I get put in a resident company where I got to write my own material, I would get kind of bitter and I wouldn't enjoy it anymore. I was still enjoying it. So I actually quit four times to go do straight theater. And quit's quits a strong word, I only really quit once, but I left three times and then I quit Uh once. And the great thing about Chicago, the great thing about Chicago is that, you call the the, Tribune, the Sun-Times, and the Reader for this tiny little show that they know nothing about in this little black box where you've got mattresses up in the windows, you know, on Lincoln Avenue, and um, they'd come. But there was this great theater community where it it didn't take a lot. It only took seriousness of your intent to get attention. You know, I'd recommend every young person go to Chicago to start off as a performer. Because if you can't make it there, you can't make it anywhere. Because Chicago is so welcoming to new young talent. It's not full of itself.
0: Yeah. Um, I I, I found it to be very inviting, at least as somebody who came in through the storytelling community, because I came back with a mindset of, you know, I want to perform, but I didn't know exactly how. And I felt very welcomed in and have gotten to perform at theaters across Chicago very much because there's been this desire to collaborate. People want to put up good things. They want to work hard to make their own shows, whether it's improv or television.
1: I think Chicago's proud that it is such a cultural capital and doesn't take it for granted. That's what I love. It doesn't take it for granted that you have to support the arts for that community to exist. I love love the audiences in Chicago.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, you started on the telephones in the box office, moved your way into improv classes. How was your comedy shaped during those years?
1: I was influenced by my peers, you know? Like who? Oh, Dave Pasquese. Um, I mean, I got to see people like Mike Myers perform there. I got to see my friend Farley perform there. And my friend, Steve Carell. I learned an enormous amount from him. What I, One of the things I learned about from him was extraordinary commitment. Never, never in a million years phoned it in. No matter how tired he was or However much other people on the stage might be getting the giggles, he was 100% committed all the time, um, and a real th- and a real theater artist, and 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 also just a, a lovely guy to be with. I was really lucky, but what really shaped me was the opportunity to do it every night. You learn your chops, you learn what you're good at, you learn what the audience responds to, you learn what you're afraid of, and then I would make those choices to choose the, the thing I was afraid of to perform on stage, the type of character. Literally, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with my own body, so I would go on without a shirt on. Because I'm like, well, if you're afraid of showing your bare chest, there must be something uh, that some way that must be impinging your freedom on stage. So
0: <laughs> now, now you have whole songs dedicated to reuniting with your pants, <laughs> like a, a whole bit of your pants with your pants talking back to you because you you all were a team in, in, the, in the duet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think the show could be sunk if I don't cover my junk, maybe we'll do this together. But
0: what's wrong with the bottomless outfit? <laughs> Man, that, was, I that shit was hilarious. Oh, I, lo- I love the, the blurred out, too. I was just like, yeah, just take it up. <laughs> then next knot.
1: Exactly. The, I love the implication that when I don't wear, that I've never wear underwear, that it's just pants and me, baby. I'm just buffing
0: it. <laughs> Honestly, that was going to be my first question. And then I saw you were like in an office, and I was like, okay, he's a professional. He, he's, not, he's not at home. <laughs>
1: Back and we can't distract with the sight of eight, but crack together. Let's do a show. Come here, buddy. Pantsy, it's you and me forever. One
0: of the things that you've really been known for is your political humor. And Chicago is a very complicated place when it comes to politics. Is that something you found in the city or something you found as you moved on to roles like the Daily Show?
1: No, it's more the Daily Show. When I was in Chicago, myself, Paul Danello, and Amy Sedaris. So we made this sort of pact among the three of us that we would never make any references to the real world or real people. And then when I got to The Daily Show, it, when I first got there, it was Craig Kilburn, and it wasn't really political at all. It was more like making fun of local news or news style than actual, it wasn't really satire. And then this guy named Jon Stewart shows up, And he invites all of us to have a a political opinion. And I was surprised to learn that I had one. Steve, the death tax is inherently unfair. It taxes the same money twice. Once when you earn it, and once more after you die. It goes against everything Americans hold dear. Money. The point is, it's not. It's not the dead who are going to suffer, unless of course they've been sinful, then they'll burn forever in a lake of fire.
0: You you talked earlier about Chicago being a place that if you can't make it here, you probably can't make it anywhere else. I know it's a loaded question, but if you were able to find some of those kind of larger opportunities here in the city, is this a place that you could have saw your career kind of building and continuing from? Or did you think, you know, you ultimately for what you wanted to do had to kind of move out of the city?
1: What do you do once you've been a member of the Second City? Well, you go to New York or Los Angeles, and mostly Los Angeles, and try to, you know, get on television or something like that. And so it was kind of, it was practical. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but luckily my friends Paul Donello and Amy Sedaris, who got a show, and they said, hey, we'd like to hire this guy. Now the problem is, I had a nice apartment overlooking the lake, and I had a wife. When I told her we were walking in Lincoln Park, and one of those little bridges that goes across the little... Pond Creek there, and looking down at the city, and she goes, "How can I leave Chicago? How can I possibly leave this beautiful city that has everything you could possibly want and is clean?" At the same time, you know, it would. It marvel. She marveled. She was like, "Where's the garbage?" I'm like, "It's in the alley." She's like, "What are the <laughs> alleys?" Like, yes, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that's messed up about New York is like. Why is the garbage? It's a beautiful city. Why are there piles of garbage in front of this beautiful brownstone?
0: Right on the front, right on the front front
1: steps. And it smells like it. And Chicago, God, it makes it such a better city.
0: Well, after all of those years in New York, you're not coming back to the city in the physical, but you're joining the board at Second City. And this new board is largely in part. Because of a restructuring that's taken place at Second City after performers have come out over the years and called out the company for racism and tokenism. Is that something you're hoping to address with this new board? And and then my follow up to that is, you know, why why now?
1: Well, I, I love the time I spent there and the things that I learned there. And I like the fact that Second City is a box of broken toys because broken toys have to go somewhere. And when I heard that it was being sold, the first thing I thought of was, gosh, I wonder if there's any way I could help maintain some sense of artistic tradition. The guy who bought it, or the company that bought it, Strauss Zelnick's company, ZMC, he called me up and said, would you be interested in helping with this? And I said, I can't believe you're, yes, I would. And of course, the first question I had is how, is, how have the questions of diversity, inclusion, and equity been addressed? And that led me to multiple meetings with the people at Second City to talk about what changes have been made there in terms of leadership, structure, what the what, you know, investigations, multiple investigations of the place had uh, garnered and what their plans were for the future. In my opinion, and people can have different opinions, but in my opinion, I think they took these accusations immediately seriously last summer. Now, people who made the accusations might say, well, no, they didn't take it immediately seriously because it took years for you know them to take it seriously. But after that open letter was sent last summer, I, I think it was days before they started taking action and saw this as an opportunity to emerge from it with a new dedication to first principles of, of improvisation. I said, Hey, I'd love to help you this. I want you to know that I'm always going to be saying, yeah, but how does this affect the people on stage? What Second City is, is those people who raise their hand at the end of the show and say, thank you, we are the Second City, but individually we are. And it is the responsibility to give them the the freedom to fail, the support they need to succeed. There is no reason for that to be happening in a toxic culture. I don't know how necessarily they're going to do that, but I think they've made the right first steps.
0: If you could... Say something for me and it's just, I'm Stephen Colbert and Chicago made me. Finish that sentence for me.
1: I'm Stephen Colbert and Chicago made me who I am. So don't blame me.
0: <laughs> hey, I appreciate you so much for all the time.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, this was, it was fun to talk about this stuff.
0: Before I let you go, if you're new to CityCast Chicago, join us. Every day we're having great conversations which celebrate and challenge our city. We're wherever you get your podcast, and we're only 10 15 minutes every day. You can also go to chicago.citycast.fm to subscribe to the podcast and our daily newsletter. Well, one more thing Did y'all know there was a black rodeo in South Shore? Yeah, for the last 30 years. Well, tomorrow we're headed to the rodeo, my friends. I'll talk to you then. Peace.